Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So today we start a new worship series about the beautiful, inspiring relationships in the Bible. Yes, there are beautiful and inspiring things to be found there, as well as things that are filled with terror and tribulation. But today we're going to take a break from the more intense things and focus on some of those things that inspire us and give us joy. And relationship is one of those beautiful things that is not only recorded in the scriptures, but is a gift to us today. And as we do that, we're starting with our only married couple. This will be the only married couple we're going to use in the scriptures, but they are one of the few that have their marriage explicitly stated to have been in love. And that's because in their cultural day, marriages were arranged. Indeed, even Isaac's marriage to Rebecca was arranged. And yet, that meant that they had to find love in different ways, or love grew out of a different kind of beginning. But today, we're going to have the opportunity to see just how important that love was. So just in case you're not as familiar with this story, what happens is that this is Abraham's son. Abraham and Sarah have their child, Isaac. And Isaac is Sarah's only child and Abraham's wife. And as he grows, it becomes very clear that Isaac is going to be the next to enter into the covenantal relationship with God. And so it's very important that Isaac have everything that he needs in order to be the next in line of the patriarchs. And so on his deathbed, uh, Abraham had always thought that he wanted Isaac to not marry a foreign woman, but to marry a woman from their people. And so he sends his servant to find a wife for Isaac from his kinspeople. And the servant goes and feels very overwhelmed by this task. And as he goes into the city where he can find relatives of Abraham, he decides to pray to Abraham's God and ask for a sign. And he says, let the woman who comes to get water, and I ask her if she will give me water, and she also agrees to feed and water my camels, let her be the one that you have chosen for your servant Isaac. And so Rebecca arrives to get water, as is her duty for her family. And as she is approaching the well to do this, the servant asks her for a drink, and she agrees. And she says, I'll get you a drink, and I will water your camels. And so the servant goes, aha. This is the one that the Lord has chosen for Isaac. And so he talks to her and finds out that she is indeed of the lineage that he is looking for. And so he goes to meet her family and lets them know. And she agrees to go sight unseen and meet and marry Isaac. And what you see is that first meeting, that first opportunity to see what they've gotten themselves into. And so they are arriving, the servant and, and Rebecca on camel, and as they get close, they have come to the encampment, the new place that Isaac 
is living. So he has traveled and he is now living in the Negev. Remember that they were actually nomadic people. They would travel. They had huge flocks and herds. And so Abraham and then his son would travel in order to have places with fresh water and fresh grass and land for, this, for their flocks and their herds. And so they have now settled here. And you'll notice it mentioned tent. So they are living in tents. And Isaac has come out in the evening and he's walking because his heart is broken. His mother has died. And they were very close, as indicated in the text. Sarah was actually in menopause. It was impossible for her to be pregnant. And yet, because of God and God's promise, she had Isaac, which meant that she was significantly older than any of us in having a child. And so she didn't have as long a time with her child as some of us get to enjoy. And so they were very close. They stayed together. All of her love and her affection and her joy, she poured into Isaac. And then she passed away. And Isaac mourned her. You'll notice it says in the text that he was living in his mother's tent. He had moved into a place where she had raised him and nurtured him. They had spent incredible quality time together, and that's where he was choosing to make his home now. And when Rebecca comes and she sees him out in the field, she asks, who is this? And the servant informs her, this is my master, which means this is your husband. <laughs> and so she gets herself ready, and she comes down, and here on the altar you'll see she's kind of like, I don't have a camel, but she's kind of coming down, and here's Isaac kind of ready to embrace her because she has come into his life at a time when it is very dark and very sad, and he is struggling. He misses his mother, the woman with whom he had had the most profound relationship up until this point. And Rebecca comes, and the scripture paints for us a beautiful foretelling of their marriage. It says that when she came and he was told of all the things that had happened, how sight unseen she had chosen to come here, and she had done so, and out of that, Isaac does take her to be his wife. She gets to live now in his mother's tent with him, and she becomes his wife, and he loved her. This is one of the few couples in the entire Bible whose marriage is indicated by love. Now, there are indications that other people loved other people, but that this one was about the love. And it was a love that was so profound that the scripture makes sure that we hear that he was comforted after his mother's death because of the love and the relationship that he has with his wife, Rebecca. And for those of us who are wondering if this is only a lesson for those that are married or those who want to get married, it is not. The lesson here is about what a relationship can do what a relationship can be, and how we can choose to enter into this kind of relationship. A relationship that not only allows us to be blessed by the connection that we have with another, but a relationship that allows us to be present with those who are experiencing hurt, pain, and suffering, or in Isaac's case, mourning. That allows us to be a source of strength and hope for them, because the day will come when we need them to be a source of strength and hope for us. And that is something that we yearn to see within marriages, but it is something that is also given to us as a gift and a grace that can be in other relationships as well. That's the kind of relationship that Isaac had with his mother. She was his grounding. She was his joy. She was profoundly linked to him. And her physical loss when she passed away 
left a huge void in his heart, in his home, and in his life. And I wonder, what, what was Isaac thinking? Now, one day, hopefully, we'll all be in the kingdom to come, and we can ask Isaac, and we'll have the opportunity to say, what did you think when you first saw Rebecca? What did you think when you heard the tale about how she was willing to come and had never seen you before? Very few Americans would agree to that. Sight unseen, traveling by camel to get married. And so this is something that is radically out of our point of reference. This is an arranged marriage, but it's also a marriage that is clearly blossoming into love and a kind of love that is so profound that unlike his father and unlike a lot of men in the Bible, Isaac will not choose another wife or a concubine. His relationship with Rebecca is so fruitful, so complete, that he finds everything he needs and wants in their relationship. And because of that, he kind of changes the paradigm for us. I've had many a conversation with people who go, you know, there's polygamy in the Bible. Yes, there is, a lot of it. And they say, well, maybe we should be polygamous. Well, if you can show me one person for whom that goes well in the Bible, we can talk about it. But instead, we have this moment, and it's so quick, just a few verses, but we have this moment about how you can have a relationship with another person that completes you. When you are feeling broken and empty, it can inspire you and help you, not just to carry on, but to find newness and be rejuvenated. And that's precisely what we get to see for just a moment within the cover of the Bible. And it's a gift to us. It reminds us that we have that opportunity. Perhaps you can think of someone who has been like that for you. In your moment of need, they were there. When you were feeling lost or broken, when you were feeling unworthy and hopeless, they were there. And they were sometimes silent, but they were present. Or they had the words to say. And sometimes those words are, I love you, and I want to be with you. Even here in the darkness, in the valley, here in the depths, I want to be with you. And we are encouraged and empowered to do this because of Jesus Christ. This is the same thing that Christ was speaking about when he was talking about the parable of the lost sheep. We like to depict Jesus as a shepherd, as we have here on one of our stained glass windows in the sanctuary, and actually on my pectoral cross, he is here as the shepherd as well. And we like that imagery. It's very comforting to us that if we are lost or if we are, have wandered away, that Jesus will come and find us and bring us home to him. But it's also something that he is setting as a paradigm for us, that in the midst of 99 relationships, that he is willing to go find the one. The one who felt unworthy, forsaken, shunned, cast aside, cast out, broken, hurt, shattered, sinful. He is willing to go and find the one. And not just find them and call them back, but to bring them home. And we have that power. That is what we have been given through the risen Christ. A power to be like that in his name. 
And for some of us, it feels a lot easier to kind of be the one that's just willing to go and explore like Rebecca. For some of us, it might feel easier to be the servant that goes, I need God to tell me exactly what's happening here. And for some of us, maybe it's Isaac, that we don't even realize how much we need this relationship, that God is going to bring someone into the sphere of our life and empower us to experience something that is not only beautiful and joyful, but it is something that will help us recognize that we are not defeated. We are not broken beyond repair, but that there is another person who is willing to be a physical embodiment of that same steadfast love that Christ has come to give us. And that's where we have tremendous power and authority. For we have experienced this, have we not, in Jesus Christ? Have we not experienced that he loves us and knows us and calls us by name? That when we wander away or when we allow sin to become the dominant force in our lives, he hasn't cast us aside, but he offers us continually, come back and I will forgive you. Come back and you can be redeemed. Why are we afraid to offer that to others? Is it the vulnerability from opening ourselves and our hearts up? Do we fear rejection? Do we fear failure? Or is it because we can't fathom being that person for another? And there are people in all of our lives that have not only inspired us by that kind of love, but there are people who have got to glimpse and taste that kind of love in us. And we can now share that with others too. Not just those that we gravitate towards or those that we seem to naturally love, those that have been around us for such a period of time, those that have watched us grow, those that have seen us triumph and been with us with struggle. There are countless people in this world. And before the pandemic, they felt alone. And somehow they have survived over a year in isolation. So does that mean that they should struggle for the rest of their lives. That doesn't seem like the kind of God that we know and love that would sentence them to a life of solitude when they yearn to have a connection, to know that there is someone that will be with them when they mourn like Isaac, that there will be with someone with them when they want to celebrate, when they want to grow, when they want to share what they have experienced, that there will be somebody who chooses to be invested in them and in the church, a marriage is an investment in a relationship for as long as you will live. Or in the traditional language, until death do you part. To be that committed to another person, it is not only for those who are married. We see it in families. We see it in best friends. But what a powerful thing it is when we see it in the church when there are people who choose to be powerfully connected for their entire life. And we invite them into our lives. We invite them into the life of the church. We invite them to experience Christ alongside us, within us, and to be Christ for us. That's the gift that Isaac and Rebecca give us a glimpse of, a relationship that brings forth healing and wholeness. And they are going to have their own trials and tribulations. If you're looking for a juicy story to read later, read about their children. Because they each have a preference for one. 
and that will cause all kinds of drama. So if you're looking for a juicy Bible story, keep going in Genesis. But no matter what is happening between their children, no matter what is happening in the world around them, Isaac and Rebecca stay linked. They stay connected. They stay committed. And that is the difference. We are not just a people that have been saved by Jesus Christ. We are not a people that have just glimpsed or tasted grace. We are a people that have known that Christ is committed to us. And we are struggling and striving every day to stay that committed to him. And what if, what if someone could come to experience that kind of profound, transformative relationship because of your willingness to love them, to know them, to be invested in them, to have stock in their happiness, to place your priority when they are struggling and suffering and ensuring that they know that they are not alone. Imagine how many lives could be transformed if we were willing to move toward that as our model and give people a glimpse of that same relationship that God came to us in Jesus to give, died upon the cross to make permanent, and rose again on Easter so that we would never doubt that we have been loved and known and redeemed. That's the hope. That's the joy of our relationship with Christ and the right relationship with another human being, another beloved child of God, sacred, is that they too can experience it. I can't imagine all of the stories that we will get to hear from Isaac and Rebecca. I can't imagine the other stories that aren't recorded here, because you could probably write an entire book of the Bible just on what they saw, heard, and experienced. But if you are curious, if you want to know what kind of relationship that would be like, if you are looking for your glimpse into that, then by the power of the Holy Spirit, God says, I will lead you to the person. And maybe it'll be a spouse, but maybe not. Maybe it'll be someone who is a stranger to you now, but your hearts will be forever linked. Maybe it is someone that you never thought, could we be that close? But if there is one thing that God is wonderful about giving, it is knitting us together and bringing us to a place where we are not only a part of the body of Christ, but we recognize that there's a place in God's heart and in God's home for us. May we be a people who reveal to others that there is a place in God's home here for them and a place in God's heart because we model for them that there is a place in our heart. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.